what's going on, huh? You're, you're like, what the heck, man? It sounds kind of familiar, but it's a little different. No, the music's still great, but where's the emperors and long live the fighters? And all, <laughs> what the heck? What'd you do? I just played a different one that I had. Well, because when I, when I licensed the music, it came with like five, five Versions? or six or I don't know. Yeah, it came with several different tracks. Oh. Uh, and I was surprised and I was like clicking through them. I hadn't really listened to some of the others. And I thought, oh, that one's kind of, kind of nifty. It so threw me off. That one. Yeah, I could tell. <laughs> I had the up, the upside down face. Listen, yeah. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> well, there you go. All right, so we're back for episode twelve of the Fusion Underground. Uh, I'm your host Manuel Ramirez, and I'm joined in the virtual studio as always by my good friend and brother Jason Moret. How are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. Don't call me sir. Makes makes me feel like makes you feel nervous. Makes me feel old or You're old. Yeah. Why old? No, because no, that that's you, you refer to your elders or, as sir. Ah, uh, yeah. Don't. don't uh, do I'm I'm not that old yet. Fair I'm enough. still I'm still just dude. Still just dude. <laughs> yeah. The, What's up, the, dude? Or the, the, the other dude in the virtual in the virtual uh, studio. Yeah. The dude abides. <laughs> you know, I have never seen that movie to completion. Are you? Never. We're not talk. We're not friends anymore. I know. I don't, I don't want to talk to you anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody loves that movie, and I tried watching it, and I got—I don't know—maybe forty minutes in, thirty minutes in, and I was like, I can't stomach this anymore, and I turned it off. No, I—I I hated that movie the first time I watched. It. Yeah, I hate. I hated it. Hated it. Hated it. Um, I think I got to the part where what's his name pees on the carpet on the rug, or whatever. That's like in the first ten minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I got a little bit further than that. <laughs> At that point, I was like, what the hell am I watching? <laughs> I've seen some worse movies, but no, that that one was definitely one I had to watch uh, twice. And then after that, I was like, okay. And then it was on again. I watched it a third time. And by the fourth time, I loved it. Yeah, I don't think I can watch it that many times. <laughs> I don't, I, obviously not. I don't, you made it 10 minutes on, on yeah, try it. 10, 15, yeah, maybe 20 at the most. I don't know. It was like a, I, I kind of watched it like, <laughs> that whole time the, the, glazed over what the frick am i watching yeah, yeah the whole time that's how i that's how i sat and then i was like you know screw this i just turned it off because i couldn't stomach it anymore all right all right well here we are episode 12 of the fusion underground here for those uh joining in listening who haven't listened before you know all of maybe two people uh here at the fusion underground we try to make sense <laughs> of the world by having principled discussions about such topics as entertainment, current events, politics, and culture. Our mission is to educate people to become critical thinkers so they can live more empowered and happier lives. You can find all of our good stuff over at fusionunderground.net. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash azfusionunderground. And if you're not into watching the videos, you can always catch the, uh, the, pod, the, the audio version of the show um, pretty much anywhere you can find podcast so we're on anchor breaker spotify google podcast radio public and stitcher 
You can download the RSS uh, feed directly from our website at fusionunderground.net or just whatever uh, application you happen to be use, using, just plug in Fusion Underground and we should pop up. We're also on Apple now too. Yeah. Wow. I got an email. I think I got an e I think it was like maybe two weeks ago or something. I don't, I don't remember if I told you or not, or I, obviously by your face, I didn't. Yeah, obviously uh, not. <laughs> <laughs> but I was surprised. Um, now, yeah, we're, we're published out on, on pod, on Apple. And, uh, I hadn't, I didn't do that. Like I didn't, you're supposed to go through, you know, Apple setup and, and all of that, or I don't know, from what I understand, I don't know, but I got an email saying, Hey, we're now publishing you out to Apple. I think it's because well, we're. I think it's because we're releasing shows consistently. Well, I'll be darned. I think that's what it have. That's how it works, or something like that. So, if you're listening to the show wherever you catch us at, um, you know, please feel free. Please go out there and like the show. Give us stars, whatever it is, on whatever platform. It helps other people find the show and uh, helps us get in front of more listeners. And that's always a good thing. Not like we are getting paid for this. Uh, uh no, no. Yeah, yeah. No, but we, you know, we do want to have like tens more people listening. I think, yeah, cool. you know, at least a good baker's dozen would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Make us feel legit. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you can also send us uh, hate tweets on Twitter at um, at the Fu Brothers, uh, or you can send us hate mail at contact at fusionunderground.net. So, and we'll read them. Yep. We do well, read and email. we will occasionally read off some love mail too. If you, if you, really we should do that sometime. We should, what we should do <laughs> is we should collect all of the hate mail together and then maybe do an episode where we just read the hate mail and respond to it. I think that'd be great. Yeah. Cause that'd I keep them all. I keep them all. I believe you. Yeah. You don't so. send them to me because I think you, you're worried I'm going to get upset or respond. That's probably what it is. Respond. <laughs> it's just, it's just, if we send it to Jason, he'll just respond to it he'll all, and then, to it. then we'll we'll lose all eight of our listeners, and then yeah. what are we going to do? And then no. we're screwed. <laughs> and then we're screwed. Um, <clears throat> so what are we talking about today? Uh, I have a I have several times. You know, we're in between our seasons, <clears throat> and the way that we're doing the show is uh, our seasons actually have uh, themes to it seasons i say we just finished our our first season a couple weeks ago so we're in between seasons but we're continuing to record the show and just having fun and talking about whatever things that we think interest us and things that we think might interest other people um but we're going to be coming up with the the entire theme for season two and we'll and then each of the episodes will be really uh tied to that theme as we're as we do so but this week this week, I got all kinds of stuff on the the stack of stuff. Sweet, you know. There, there's there's quite a bit of stuff. I got I got some more uh, stupid stuff around COVID that I'd like okay. to share. We don't need to spend a lot of time on it. <laughs> I, I I know <laughs> I don't want to spend a lot of time on it either. But it is something that's in the news. There is new and interesting stuff around it that I wanted to share, uh, okay. just because I find it to be completely and utterly uh, stupid. Uh, then there's, um, there's some stuff going on in Portland. I don't know if you've heard. Uh, no. You know, the crazy riots and stuff that have been happening in, in Portland. Yeah. But I thought everybody ran out of, um, weed and gummy bears and went home. Oh no. They've been rioting now for like 56, 58 days or something like that straight. I'm sure they're rioting tonight. Okay. Um, yeah. So we got, we got some, uh, we got some stuff related to that. We've got some news out of Seattle as well. It has to do with uh, with this whole concept around what's going on in Portland. 
So we'll talk a little bit about that. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then the one yeah. topic that I just absolutely hate. I don't, I hate talk. I, I love to hate it. I okay. guess that's a better way of, of putting it. And that's my, my, uh, my pet peeve around teachers, particularly elementary teachers, high school teachers, that sort of thing. We can talk about uh, college professors and instructors. I have my own opinions about, about academia, uh, you know, secondary, is it called, isn't it, what's it called? Second, secondary second, education. Secondary education? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. What, higher education? I, I, well, I don't know. That, 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 right. <laughs> it takes an assumption that you actually are learning more than what you probably should have in right. high school or lower yeah. grades. Yeah. yeah. So I have a, I have a bone to pick with teachers. I always seem to have a bone to pick with teachers and we'll get into that as well on the show. So I think that'll be kind of quite entertaining. It should be. I'm, I'm entertained just conceptually on, on how you're going to tackle that particular topic. Yeah. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting. I wanted to show you a video though first I need to get this, I need to, um, I need to get this set up here because I, I quite frankly, I found it, um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny, but in a really weird and macabre sort of way. Uh, so I don't know yeah. whether to be excited or terrified. There, there, there's no sound. There's no sound on this. Okay. Oh, so, okay. um, if you're not watching on video, if you're list, if you're just listening to it here, so this is a scene. Um, it's I don't know where it's at. It's somewhere outside on uh, on the sidewalk. You can see some buildings around, and somebody's filming uh, somebody in, on the sidewalk. A man who's wearing a, a looks like a blue suit, and there's something on the ground in front of him, and he's about to bend over to pick that up. So watch what happens here. So he bends down, he picks up this, picks up this thing and tosses it right into the air. <laughs> and wait a minute. Wait, wait. He still bends down, grabs it again. It still didn't take flight. <laughs> it's a dead bird. Is it a dead bird? <laughs> it is a dead bird. He's, He's trying, trying to... Oh, it's man. a dead pigeon, and he, <laughs> he threw it up a third time. <laughs> fly, fly, little yeah. bird. And these Join people keep friends. these people keep walking by, and they're like staring at this guy, like, "What the hell is he doing?" Yeah, he found oh. this dead bird, and uh, and got people to, uh, you know, or was trying to make it come to life. I guess that's sad. Man. Isn't it kind of sad? <laughs> it it's, it's a little funny, but it's also a little sad at the same time. Yeah, after the first time, I would think you go, well, that thing's dead. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, does it really take a first time or can it not just happen by looking at it? I don't, uh, you know, maybe he thought it was just stunned. <laughs> and it just it needed to be Utter. reminded of what the feel of the wind beneath its wings utter craziness i don't know yeah i feel bad i know i feel i feel kind of bad for the guy um there was um oh did you see what happened in the you know in the wnba you know we have sports again 
Oh yeah, really? We have we have sports again. Baseball started back up this week. Nice. I didn't know ago. that. Yeah, I think it was on Thursday, and some teams were selling uh, the ability to put a cardboard cutout of you behind home plate, and they were selling that opportunity. Some of them were sell- some teams were selling that opportunity uh, upwards of five hundred dollars. To put a cardboard cutout of yourself yeah. behind home plate. Yeah, it looked it looked absolutely ridiculous. Oh, it's, okay. Wait a minute. So, sports started again. They're not selling tickets because oh, no. you're not allowed to go to the stadium. Right. COVID. So, in lieu of that, you can put. So you can go look at. There's me on there's TV me. behind home plate. I can see <laughs> me there. That's okay. For five hundred cool. bucks. For five hundred bucks. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, obviously, we must have had, had some takers. Well, yeah, there were probably uh, one of the scenes that I saw or one of the shots on, uh, on social media, there was probably about 50 or 60 cardboard cutouts behind home plate. Oh, my gosh. From, and, and, and it looks like they're sitting in the chairs. So it's essentially from the waist up. Is oh, okay. Card, is the cardboard cutout? Yeah. It's not it's, like a bunch of people standing there. I was gonna you know? say, was it like everybody taking a group photo, and you have <laughs> some people on their knee, you know, lower, so the other people can see, or yeah, <laughs> or does they that were, like in the chair? Cardboard? They were in the chair, so they took the you know the stadium takes the cardboard cutout, and it looks kind of weird because it's uh there the way they did the cardboard cutout. There's it looks like there's like a two inch, uh, I don't know, white border around your picture. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. So everybody's got halos. <laughs> yeah, so everybody's got this white line going around them. Uh, it just looked really ridiculous. I would love to be really able to stupid. do that just to get, you know, because I wouldn't sit there with a just normal like face on. You <laughs> know, like you have to do something, something crazy like, yeah, you know. <laughs> <laughs> or yes, get my dog, you know, in my, on my shoulders and put her right in front of me. Or turn her around and just show its butt. That'd be yeah. cool. Yeah. Let's <laughs> get a big dog butt instead. Okay. I'd have way too much fun. I should. You know what? I'm gonna go find out. Let me see if I'm gonna raise 500 bucks from some of my friends to put a dog. Try to get your picture there. there no. The, uh, or a big horse butt. Park. Big horse horse ass right there. <laughs> there's a, there's a horse's ass behind home plate. He's sitting right above the umpire on the left hand side. You see that? Well, Fox is going. Fox is taking this another step further. They are uh, starting to. Well, I think it was today. I I missed it. I didn't see a game. I don't really care. But I think it was games today on starting today on Fox. They're putting in a virtual crowd, filling a up virtual. the entire stadium. All of this, you know, any stadium that they're showing on TV on Fox. They're putting a virtual crowd in Which, uh, in the stands. How do you do that? Well, they do it with computers, I would imagine. So they they have CGI fans. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably the first time it, that there's been no fights or no violence <clears throat> or anything. Do they still do the kiss cam? Well, I they mean, did the wave. They they well, did the okay. wave. <laughs> probably very well choreographed too. No less. Yeah. So they're showing people. You know, they hit a home. If like if a player hits a home run or what gets a base hit or whatever, the crowd you know jumps to their feet and you know. <laughs> it looks absolutely hokey. It looks absolutely. I've, I've got to go check some of that out. It, it reminds me of the uh, back in the mid '90s when Fox first got the rights 
for hockey. Did you ever see their glowy puck thing that they did? Yes. Yeah, where oh, they put like God. this little glowing halo around the puck on the ice so that people could see it. It was really distracting. And then whenever a player would do a, a power shot towards the goal, they would Fox would do this animation starting at the puck, you know, where right where the the stick makes contact with the puck and it looked like a laser beam. Like the yeah. whole puck would shoot out like this laser blast or something. It reminded me of the old like NHL hockey on, you know, EA sports. Yeah. Video. Yeah. Yeah. No? It was just like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was ridiculous. And then there was a, <clears throat> there was a WNBA game. I think it was either yesterday or today. And uh, I really don't know who it was, a, who was playing to. Are those televised? I don't know. No, I, I, I'm legitimately asking. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I've ever seen one on TV. So. I, well, I, I think they, I think they were. This was a, this was a game played um, between the New York Liberty and this and the Seattle Storm, uh, and they walked off. They walked off the court uh, when the national anthem played. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So here's a, yeah, it was, uh, it was a bit ridiculous. So here's the, here's a little video from ESPN. Um, and, uh, them was played. We saw the players leave the floor, go back to their respective locker rooms. One of those actions we'll see throughout the season as part of the social justice initiative. Yeah, first of many ways that we will see WNBA plays, players using their voices all season long. This is nothing new for these women. They have been proactive when it comes to speaking out on social injustices for the life of the WNBA. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm. Look, at the, look at this court, though. There's no, I mean, because they're, they're basically playing in a hallway. Yeah. And you have the, just the, this table right here and some chairs, chairs and a wall curtain with, you know, black lives matter on the court. Um, You know, I, they've got tens of fans. (laughs) I I think we have more fans than the WNBA has fans. (laughs) I was going to say, I think so. I think we do. Um, I, I don't know why you would do this. I, and what, what boggles my mind about it is I don't understand how the league commissioner and the owners are going to allow this to happen. I mean, on social media, there are so many people saying, I'm not going to give them my money. There are a lot of people that they want an escape from all of the craziness of life. And that's one of the things that, that uh, sports brings for, for people. Right. It's, it's an escape. It's entertainment. Yes, it's mindless entertainment, but you know there's a drama that happens during a game that is engaging and, and is you know very well. And the other to watch the other thing too, and and maybe this has been my experience and not everybody else's, but I've always been impressed. No matter how much <clears throat> we'll say teams dislike each other or fans dislike each other, and it doesn't matter whether it's professional or even collegiate. Um, I went to college football games where um, we'll say the um, ASU Sun Devils and the U of A Wildcats were playing against each other. Yeah, I know. Whatever. (laughs) Um, And you want to talk about one of the fiercest rivalries in sports. It's a great great rivalry. And it's phenomenal. And everybody, they hate each other, but they love 
that they have that. It, it's almost Absolutely. a hate that bonds yeah. them in, in a weird kind of way. It, you know, um, that rivalry between ASU and U of A actually got ranked as one of the top three rivalries in all of sports. All of sports. I believe that. I believe that. Yeah. Um, and it, it was awesome to, to be yeah. there. And, yeah. oh, my gosh, you, you thought people were just going to, like, obliterate each other. Mm-hmm. But um, all that stopped when the national anthem played. And everybody stood together. And it, it, was, it was a very sobering moment and i and i think all sports have had that no matter what animosity is there no matter what else is going on it's a a unifying moment and and that is particularly noticeable at sporting events because of that and that's what the national anthem was always supposed to be was a unifying um song for all americans regardless of race creed color credo or anything else and it's be, what's being done to that only furthers a divide. It doesn't unify anybody. And um, I'm disgusted by it. And I know a lot of other people who are diehard sports fans or otherwise who are also disgusted by it. And as long as this continues in sports, I'm not watching yeah. any of them. And I know a lot of people like me. I am not alone in that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a thing about sports when, if we go to a Diamondbacks game, you know, here in Arizona, or we go to a Phoenix Suns game or, you know, a Cardinals game or something, we can fill a stadium and whether you're conservative or liberal, Republican or Democrat, whatever, we can put all of that aside for a, for a few hours. We can come together to celebrate our team. Right. And we can all unify by going into that sporting event. And one of the things about playing the national anthem is even though you have uh, people who are on an opposing team and you have that rivalry, as you said, when ASU versus U of A happens, that's a, that's a, a fierce rivalry between in, in the state. Right. Um, and, but, and when you have a full, when you have something like, you know, Sun Devil stadium and half of the stadium is maroon and gold and the other half is, red and blue we can even though we even though the two schools hate each other (laughs) they can set that aside for for a few minutes during the national anthem and remember that yeah we may hate each other's schools but we're still all americans we still all come together at the end of the day we're still no matter what we are all still on the same team Mm -hmm. Uh, and and with all of the social justice crap that's happening in sports it's really drawing that line that says yeah, you can't have you you can't have those that unity there. You can't have those unifying things anymore. Um, and you're going to be reminded of this, and we're going to put it in your face. Um, and, and I just think that's I just think it's I just think it's disgraceful. It's all. No, it's disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. There, there's no such thing as unity anymore. And, and sports used to, like you said, be an escape from right, all right. that divisiveness. Um, and all that crap, you, you could go to a game, even just turning it on the television, yeah. if you're sitting at home and the day-to-day grind and all that crap that we're inundated with just kind of melts away for those handful of hours. And, uh, now it's, it's filling it up and I don't want any more of it. Well, and keep in mind, we're in an election year. Mm-hmm. So come November, we're going to elect a president 
and we're going to reelect the House of Representatives and we're going to reelect, what is it, a third of the United States senators, right. along with, uh, you know, a, a good clump of governors and, and you know, um, but we're, we're really, we're a really divided country right now in politics. Yeah. And, and people want to escape from that. They want to be able to escape from that. Sports should be that, that escape. And sadly, you can't even escape it from there. Mm-mm. You can't, you can't, you can't escape the craziness, the clown world that exists and, and kind of get some solace in sports. And that's a shame. Well, um, and, and you look at, and I'll, I'll take a, a leap on that. If, if you have nothing that unifies us as Americans, then people get inundated with nothing but divisiveness and a sense of division. And then they get paranoid and defensive. Right. I mean, why the hell do you think gun sales and guns and ammo sales are through the roof record numbers right now beyond anything we've ever seen? Yeah. And you're taking away any sense of, of security by saying you want to defund the police. I mean, yeah. What, what do you think is going to happen here very, very soon if you get yeah. this stuff up? <laughs> so I, I have this other video here that I wanted to show. Okay. Um, switching gears here. This one is, is, is kind of funny. This young man here in the backseat of this car. So he's in this car with his family and his dad. And I, I think it's his two brothers. Old, old, older brothers are in the car as well. But this young man, has he's received his very first paycheck. His very first paycheck. Awesome. Uh, so let's watch this and see what happens. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, his first check. First check ever in life, boy. Go see what it do. Wait, 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 we ain't got to say how much it is, man. See his face when you open it up, man. Wait, 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 Jojo. How does it feel opening up this first check, man? Come on, Papa. Uh-huh. Just open it up. <laughs> all right, man. All right, all right. <laughs> what you just You need this. He really don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Why your face like that, Jojo? It's probably the taxes. It's probably the taxes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jojo, did you say good boy? How much you get? Look at him. <laughs> he's like, Jojo, he's what like, something's up? wrong. I gotta go. Oh yeah, they took go. out taxes, Joe. Welcome oh. to the world. <laughs> what? Jojo. <laughs> yeah. What are you calling, man? You know, it's, he's it's a part of life. Oh, you mad? He, oh. Yeah, they don't know how the taxes hit, boy. Jojo, what are you doing? Yeah, because they, they, um, where are you at? Where are you going? It goes on for another minute, but it's essentially <laughs> the same stuff. Uh, I, he, he was excited about his paycheck, and then he saw taxes, <laughs> Medicare, Social Security. Oh, my God. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> And his dad. Yep. Welcome to the world. Welcome to the world. <laughs> Welcome to the real world, son. Yep. I loved that so much. I got it. And I love the. I love pops in that video. Yeah. Like, he knew it was coming. Like pops knew. Yeah. Was like, yeah. I'm going to record. I'm going to record this here. <laughs> well, and you know what? I'm glad he was really excited. Is his first ever paycheck. That's, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And you know what? I had the exact same reaction when I got my yep. first paycheck. I was like, oh, 
I got paid payday. What am I going to say? And, and you know, when you're like, when you're, money. when you're 16 or 17, you're working that job, right? You, you, you do that. I'm sure you did it too, right? Okay. Well, I make, I'm making like, you know, at the time I was making like four twenty-five an hour, yeah. but it was like, okay, how many hours did I work? And you're doing the math and you're like, Ooh, you know, I'm going to have, you know, $200. And then you get right. that check and you're, it's like 60 bucks. Yeah. Like, Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Man, I don't understand. That's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> Take it back inside. Wait, I don't know. I don't okay. understand why, why is all this stuff not, why is my money not my money? Where's, where's my money? Right. Yep. Oh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff. There was a, um, so I found this article. This is out of uh, California, Palm Beach County. And uh, this is an interesting, so I'm going to read part of this article here. It's, uh, it's from 12 News, um, CBS News out of, out of Palm Beach, West Palm Beach. Oh, well, I'm sorry, West Palm Beach, Florida. West Palm Beach, Florida. Um, it says here, a 60-year-old man who died from a gunshot wound to the head a 90-year-old man who fell and died from complications of a hip fracture, a 77-year-old woman who died of Parkinson's, Parkinson's disease. These are some of the deaths in Palm Beach County recently and incorrectly attributed to COVID-19. You see my shocked face? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For those of you listening, it's not very shocking. Right. Right. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it. I I I'd, I'd like to say I'm shocked and appalled, um, but I'm not. You know, as of today, even with the numbers reported as they are, with many, many, many examples, just where you're at, we still have yet to reach a number matching a normal flu year. Just throw that out there. Well, and 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 I think we're something like, I think worldwide, um we're something like 50, what is it? Like 50,000, or maybe it's in the U S like 50,000 deaths away from the swine flu. Like we still have not yet reached correct the yeah. number of deaths from the swine flu mm -hmm. um, back in, what was that? 2010, something like that. 2009, 2010. Uh, um, yeah. And, and we didn't have any shutdowns from the, from yeah. swine flu. So we had more deaths from the swine flu than we did than we do from covid and we didn't shut the economy down when we had the swine flu we didn't do anything like that nobody wore masks remember nobody wore masks this article goes on to say that there there were 500 and so the the 12 news here they they were able to get a spreadsheet from the medical examiner's office uh, to look over the deaths uh, in in um, in the county and out of 581 deaths on the spreadsheet, only 169 deaths were listed as COVID without any contributing factors. That's kind of unreal. You're talking a and, little, we're talking over 300, over 300, four, yeah. almost 400 deaths that have some other type of complication. And it's very likely that those patients died due to the other complications, like a gunshot wound to the head. Or, or the 20 year old that you mentioned the other day that died of a motorcycle accident. Motor, motorcycle accident. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, I don't believe that me, I would say maybe a quarter. We'll go so far as to say 
25% of what's actually being recorded as COVID deaths right now are legitimately COVID related. Yeah. It, it's just, it's, it, it's, uh, it's unreal anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, what's, what's also amazing to me, and this came out of the CDC. I don't have the number right in front of me. Uh, I saw it earlier this week and I should have bookmarked it. My apologies. But um, the, you know, the CDC, somebody pulled the numbers from the CDC based on deaths from, um, from pneumonia, cancer, uh, heart attacks, that kind of thing. And taken from the years, like up to, uh, up to 2019, I think it was like 2015 to 2019, you know, and they were really, really high. It was a mm-hmm. high number. And then compared to this year, compared to this year and the, Oh, oh, the overall trend for heart attacks. Oh, and even cancer was in there. Cancer was part of it as well. So, you know, cancer deaths, heart attacks, uh, pneumonia deaths um, are now a fraction of what they should be on an annual right. basis because everybody, because everything's being recorded as COVID. Correct. If you, if you got COVID, if you tested positive for COVID and you die from, from cancer, you're being listed as a COVID patient, as a COVID death. Correct. Yep. No, I was looking at that. Actually, just talking with my wife about it as well. Um, uh, Flu, uh, pneumonia, any of those, um, they are at, I think it was something like 15% of what is normal. And that's, keep in mind, dying from the flu, dying from pneumonia, dying from cancer, heart attack, um, complications during surgery. It's awful. It is awful. Yeah. But if you look at the historical data over the last 10 years, it's fairly consistent with what we call minor fluctuations um, due to either climate or whatever else is going on in the world. Yeah. Um, when you see a sudden drop as of 2020 down to where it's only 10% of what has been normal for the last 20 years, that should make you go, wait, what? Yeah. What, what do you mean? How did that happen? Did we suddenly cure cancer and pneumonia and heart attacks and surgery complications all in one? No. Yeah. That's not true at all. And keep in mind, COVID or the current coronavirus is a derivative just like pneumonia, flu, the common cold, or any of those, or SARS, as you mentioned, um, or even the swine flu. These are all types of coronaviruses that are out there. So yeah, I'm sorry. If you actually believe any of that being reported right now, I feel bad for you. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a little, and th- again, and I said this last week, what makes me so, what, what makes me so mad about this is because we're, we're doing all of this stuff to, um, to our economy. Uh, people are dying in hospitals from whether it's cancer or heart disease or whatever, and they're dying alone. They're not able to have their loved ones in there with them. Uh, and all of this is being caused because of our reaction to COVID, but our reaction to COVID is being driven by data that's absolutely garbage. Now, I, now it could be, this could very well be, um, you know, the next Ebola. I don't know. But the, the, the thing is, is you can't, in, if, you're, if it is something like Ebola, if, it were, if this were an, an Ebola epidemic, for example, and people's insides were literally liquefying, then you need to understand what the problem is so that you can adequately fight it. We can't, we are painting a very, very twisted and warped picture over, around COVID 
because our data is absolutely garbage. It's yeah. absolutely garbage. And, and well, that's and, what makes me mad. And, and, and I, I can appreciate that that's what makes you the most upset. And, and I, I don't disagree with you for being upset for it. But I think what pisses me off the most is the, re, the deaths that are absolutely COVID-related for people who have, had, who have never had it, um, who are being basically murdered because of the response that we have had right. to this. Right. And I'll give you an example. I know one person in particular who was on palliative chemotherapy treatments once per month so that they can continue breathing because they had lung cancer. And they were not able to get that treatment, not because they had COVID-19, but because we closed the friggin' chemotherapy right. centers <clears throat> down because of our idiotic and absolute knee-jerk stupid reaction to this. And that person ended up dying, and it was absolutely because of COVID and our response to it, not because that person ever had it. That is disgraceful. And it's idiotic. And the fact that this is continuing to be pushed down our throats the way it is, is not only reckless, it's absolutely disgusting. Yeah. <clears throat> That's what pisses me off. Well, I've got a, I've got a little bit new, uh, a little bit more information around COVID, around the whole coronavirus. Oh, I'll let this sink in for a minute. Oh, yeah. Coronavirus um, from Canada. <laughs> Use glory holes for safe sex. <laughs> they, they, they seriously, so glory holes could be the key to having safe sex during the coronavirus pandemic, at least according to Canada's top health experts. <laughs> this is literally oh, the experts saying that the sexual suggestion comes down from the British Columbia Center for Disease Control. And while it's not quite the same as a recommendation from our beloved Dr. Anthony Fauci, it still holds water. It still holds water. Yeah. So they, they give, they give a, a listing of things, a bullet point list of things that you should do before and after sex, make sure to wash your body with soap and water, wash your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds, wash sex toys thoroughly with soap and water before and after use. Do not share them with multiple partners. <laughs> It's just stupid. Wear a face covering or mask. Heavy breathing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you see what we're doing? We're, do we're making decisions like this because we have no idea what the problem is. Oh. Heavy breathing during sex can create more droplets that may transmit COVID-19. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> just that. Just the heavy, just the heavy breathing. Oh, oh avoid, avoid or limit, limit kissing and saliva exchange. Limit. So if you do it just a little bit, just a little bit's okay. You know, if if you absolutely must kiss your husband or wife during sex, just do it once or twice. Now here's the thing. This is not. I guarantee you, this is not for married couples. This is for people that are out there having anonymous sex with strangers. Yeah. <laughs> this is what it is. Oh, it goes on. It says, uh, choose sexual positions that limit face-to-face -face contact. Uh, 
Doesn't that go against what we were taught during sex ed? <laughs> Everybody's everybody listening to this right now. All of a everybody sudden, everybody is is embarrassed because they're thinking back to conversations they <clears throat> didn't want to have with their parents about sex. But this is my favorite. Use barriers like walls, i.e., glory holes that allow for sexual contact but prevent close face-to-face contact. Yeah. The Canadian CDC breaks it down like this. If you're going to have sex during the pandemic, it's a hell of a lot safer to use barriers like walls, i.e. glory holes, that allow for sexual contact but prevent close to close face-to-face contact. New York City actually recommended walls back in June but did not outright call them glory holes. Sorry, New York City, Canada is holier than thou. Folks on social media are having a field day tweeting creative ways to use walls and barriers, even suggesting suggesting things like plexiglass shields like in grocery stores, except for glory holes, holes in sheets, mail slots, doggy doors, and donuts. No mention of Jewish donuts. No mention of bagels. Right. If glory holes sound a little, a little too raunchy for you, don't worry. Doggy style seems to be kosher too. <laughs> the BCCDC also recommends choosing sexual positions that limit face-to-face contact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're sure you can think of a few options that fit the bill. This is right from, the TM, from, right from TMZ. Okay. Now, I, I, I have to ask this, and, and I'm going to ask, just pose this question out or this idea out. Uh, yeah, sure. Without a, wanting an answer, but mm-hmm. something to really think about. Mm-hmm. So this is a legitimate recommendation. It, it very serious recommendation. Yeah. From the British Columbia Center for Disease Control. Correct. These are the same people who are telling you, me, and everyone else mm-hmm. um, what we are supposed to do, what we are expected to do, and what we should do to protect ourselves during this time of pandemonium. I mean pandemic. Yeah. Does that not raise an eyebrow out there for anyone these are the same people that you're putting your quote unquote faith in right now to tell you what to do and how to protect yourself. If that does not cause you to stop and think for just one second that maybe the people who are quote unquote leading the charge and taking care of your safety and livelihood for you and your family maybe they don't really know what the, they're doing. Is it possible? Just putting that out there. Of course it's possible. It's definitely possible. Um, but here's, uh, here's something a little different. Um, this is, this was Chicago the other night, July 23rd. So two nights ago. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this one? So remember, I, I'm, we, can't probably, go to, we, we can't go to church, right? We cannot go to church. Uh-huh. We, we cannot congregate. There are people that cannot hold funerals for 50, 60, 70, 100 people. Right, right? because um, you, you need to be social distancing. We don't want to congregate with a bunch of people, all that kind of stuff. Except right. unless you're a protester, you're, the, then, all, then those rules don't apply. Right, look at, all, look at all of these people. Yeah. There are hundreds of people here. 
And people, people have masks. Some people are wearing masks, but others aren't. Mm -hmm. I'm sure her parents are very proud of her. Yes. Um, I, I just, you know, you're allowed to protest. You're allowed to go out there. I mean, the government is even saying, go out and protest, you know, local governments anyway. Yeah, yeah. Protesting is fine. And local governments are even saying if you, you can't gather in large groups unless you're protesting. Correct. I, yeah, your barbecue with your friends in your backyard is absolutely prohibited. But if you want to go out and hang out with a bunch of, with hundreds of random strangers in the street, then by all means go. Don't yeah. wear a mask. Right, right, by all means. We don't want to interfere with your ability to speak freely. But I, but I do love this. So after the after George George Floyd was killed, or I should say after he was after he died. We I don't know if we really know exactly uh, the cause of the case. But anyway, that might still come out, especially in the trial. <clears throat> anyway, after George Floyd's Floyd's death, uh, A and E killed their show Live PD. I guess right. that was a show like Cops. I never watched it. Yep. But now latest ratings reports have come out and A&E have lost 49%, almost 50% of their viewers. Their viewership. Mm -hmm. Their viewership yeah. has just absolutely plummeted. Right. And if their viewership has plummeted, well, then so has their revenue streams. This is another one of those things, go get woke, go broke kind of, you know, kind mm -hmm. of idea, kind of mentality. Um, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, and, and go ahead. No, Live PD was actually extremely popular. Um, it was um, uh, rumored to actually be the, the new age version of Cops and almost to the point where they thought, well, Cops wasn't going to exist if Live PD continued to, to pick up momentum because it was gaining a lot of viewership, <clears throat> I mean, day by day. So anyway. But, you know, Red Bull is one of, those, one of these companies that is fighting back now. Oh, really? Uh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, Red Bull... Uh, decided that they were done with um, the social justice warrior crap. And they actually ended up uh, purging some of their executives. So here's an article that I have about the story. It says Red Bull just reminded their wokest employees who calls the shots in a total massacre of social justice warrior employees. Not only were the two top, the top two North American executives fired, but so were entire marketing teams and culture teams that were dedicated to pushing the lie of systemic racism. Red Bull has just shown the way forward for all who want to prevent a total Marxist-style takeover of business and government in America. There is no appeasing these people. The only way forward is to fire them as quick as possible and with no mercy. Err on the side of firing everyone if need be. Now, of course, this particular article is written with a lot of bias against uh, against the social justice warrior um, you know, moniker or what have you. Right, right. Um, but from the Wall Street Journal, this is what the Wall Street Journal said. The maker of Red Bull Energy Drinks has replaced its top U.S. executives amid internal tensions over the closely held company's response to the Black Lives Matter movement. Red Bull, the Austrian company that makes the drink, said Stefan Kozak, its North America chief executive, and Amy Taylor, its North America president and chief marketing officer, have left the company. It named other executives to temporarily fill the roles. 
Red Bull didn't give a reason for the changes, which were announced in an internal memo Monday. Ms. Taylor had been working on diversity and inclusion efforts within the company with Mr. Kozak's support for several years, but was met with opposition when she began advocating for Red Bull to be more overt in its support of racial justice in the last month. Uh, some U.S. employees had recently raised concerns about what they considered the company's inaction on the Black Lives Movement. So um, it looks like, it appears, that uh, the, the main parent company said, you know what, to hell with this. We're done. Yep, I'm done. We're, we're not going to play done. a part of that. Well, good, good for them. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. Good for them. Now, if somebody <clears throat> would just go after uh, Nike, Amazon, and FedEx, that I'd be happy because um, those guys are on my hit list right now. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, I thought that was fantastic. Um, and you know what? Red Bull was applauded on social media for it. Good. Because people are sick of this. People I, are people are absolutely sick of this. Well, and I think, okay, as a, a Joe Q public individual, um, I, you see it on TV. You see it everywhere you go. Shoot, I, I think I even saw, I don't know, I think it was an Old Navy commercial. Um, that was talking about all the things that we should be celebrating and all the transformative things in our current time. And it went through pretty much every social justice movement out there right now. You saw a little snippet of it all. And even I got thinking, you know, gosh, is, am I the only one <laughs> who is just <laughs> fed up with all this social justice stuff? I, whether I agree with any one particular piece of it or not is irrelevant. But it's just everywhere and I think I had a thought even today. I don't think that it's nearly as popular as what I'm being fed to believe it really is. And because it's getting all of the attention right now, it seems even bigger than what it is. Now, don't get me wrong. This is probably the biggest I've ever seen it impacting my life. But I don't believe that there's really that much I don't believe the movement's as big as the movement likes to think it is right now. Oh, I would agree with that. I, I would agree with that. But I think there are some companies like Red Bull uh, who have realized that uh, the movement, Black Lives Matter in particular, um, and as well as the partner organization called Antifa, I think they're realizing that, well, these are Marxist organizations, literally. And that's not, that's not, um, you know, that that's not me coming to that conclusion half cocked. That is literally the words that are coming out of and the Antifa and BLM movement. Mm -hmm. And all you have to do is they have websites. All you have to do is go to their websites and read the stuff that they are demanding. Right. And it just their demands alone will tell you that there are there are Marxist organization they're pushing for communism. And you look at the riots in uh, that are going on in Portland. And there are people there that are rioting who are waving, um, you know, the old Soviet Union flag. They have it painted on, on shields. I've, I saw one video where somebody had a shield made up to protect them from, you know, the canisters, the tear gas canisters, et cetera. And they had the, the state of Oregon painted on the front of their shield, the outline and everything. Right. And then the, the whole state was painted red with the, the hammer and sickle in the corner. Uh, I mean, these people are are calling for communism in in the United States, and um, and so I think there are companies that are realizing this and recognizing that we don't want to be associated with that crap. It's it's one thing to stand for uh, social issues that all of society find important, mm -hmm. but it's another to stand for 
social issues that only a very select few are supportive of. And, and when those support and when those select few are calling for Marxism, well, if I were a company, I wouldn't want to be associated with that at all. No, I, I don't know any company uh, in existence <laughs> um, who would want communism because the fact of the matter is capitalism is pretty much the only way companies in existence exist. Um, because if communism is instituted, then you become a property of the government for equal distribution, and then your company's gone. So <laughs> I don't see how any company out there could openly want communism, at least if they actually know what communism means. But then again, I think we have a whole bunch of very young um, um, and bless their hearts, ignorant individuals who are unfortunately getting into positions of power in some companies that don't even know what the heck that's all about. Well, speaking of, speaking of communists. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Eyebrow raise. <laughs> I'm going to switch gears here to my, uh, I don't think to, you're switching gears that far. <laughs> we're not switching that far, but, uh, we're off the black lives matter thing and I'm switching to teachers. So I know there are a lot of people out there who know that the schools are shut down and I'm talking about K through 12, right. K through 12 education. Schools are shut down. Uh, a lot of districts have been, wrestling with what they're going to do for the fall. Some are doing hybrid approaches, you know, a little bit on campus, a little bit online. Um, parents are concerned. They don't really know what's going to happen, right? Because everybody's, everybody's terrified uh, around over COVID, right? Um, but the teachers union in Los Angeles has issued a list of demands <laughs> that they want to have met by the state of California before they open up. And uh, this is a, an article here from the Hoover Institution out of Stanford University. It says, <clears throat> teacher union demands far left economic policies before reopening classrooms. United Teachers Los Angeles, the union that represents about 30,000 Los Angeles K through 12 public school teachers has demanded that far left statewide economic policy changes and social justice initiatives be accepted in return for reopening Los Angeles school classrooms once restrictions are lifted. Every stakeholder in California's public education system should be alarmed because these demands with range from defunding police to imposing large wealth tax go far beyond the scope of any union negotiation. If implemented, these policies would substantially depress living standards and the quality of life for most of California's 40 million residents. What does this have anything to do with COVID? It has absolutely nothing, nothing to nothing. do with COVID. Absolutely no. nothing to do with keeping kids safe. No, 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 no. They, they find themselves in a position of what they consider to be power and they are manipulating the situation so that they can further a, um, an agenda. And, and unfortunately, these are the same people that, that don't understand why there's a lot of people out there stating and believing and um, that this COVID pandemic is being politicized and that there's political movement behind it. Now, I am not saying whether I agree or disagree with that or not. It has nothing to do with the fact. But anybody out there should be able to see why that argument exists when you have teachers or whomever, it doesn't matter, um, utilizing this situation for um, political gains. And when you're, I'm sorry, when you're talking about social justice, those are political movements. Yeah. They are. 
the article here surprised goes on that they're not uh raises wanted in that with as well oh, oh well hold on oh okay sorry hold go on. ahead it okay. says in addition to defunding the police they are demanding they the teachers union single payer government provided health care full funding for housing california's homeless a shutdown to publicly funded privately operated charter schools and a new set of programs to address systemic racism to pay for all this they want a one percent wealth tax a 3% income surtax on millionaires and increased property taxes on businesses. They also want $250 million from the federal government. Okay. So hold on a couple <laughs> of things here, a couple, couple of things here. So of course they want personal goodies. Uh, they want uh, single payer government healthcare. They don't want to have right. to pay for any, any kind of healthcare. Health insurance, right. Um, right. Uh, but they also want to shut down charter schools who get money. Now, I, th this is, this is one of the reasons why I hate teachers. Okay. This is one of the reasons why I hate K through 12 teachers. <sighs> if, if your product is so absolutely fantastic, if you are the best fricking teacher on the fricking planet and you are molding the minds of the future, and if your school is rated as a top school, then parents will be beating down your door to send their children to your school. Agreed. If your product sucks, then the only thing that you can do to stay in the market is to shut down the competition. Agreed. These public school teachers' product sucks, and they are trying to shut down charter schools because there are a lot of parents who are trying to beat down the doors of charter schools that are opening up around the country. And the waiting lists are, are just outstanding. Yeah, they're astronomical. They're astronomical here. And so the, the public school teachers, because they're crap, because the public education school system is crap, who doesn't believe it's crap? I, I wanna go out there and poll anybody. Everybody knows that the public school system is trash. Everybody knows it. There is not a single person in the United States who thinks that public education is the gold standard the world over. Now, the only people that may think that are public school teachers. Right. <laughs> because they don't want to admit how ridiculous their jobs are and how ridiculous they are as teachers. And I guarantee you that if any one of these public school teachers had even a chance of going to some of these charter schools where, where parents are beating that down the doors to get their kids in there, that these teachers would probably jump at the opportunity. Uh, I don't know if I agree with that a hundred percent. Well, I, be, I, well, I would say the good teachers would probably yeah, love to bingo. The good That's teachers, the I, bad yeah. teachers probably don't want to go there because they know they would likely be fired. Right. The, they wouldn't be able to pass muster and results. And they, right. don't, they don't want that. The, right. only, the only reason why you want your competition shut down is because you know you cannot compete. Yep. That's the only reason why. Or if you're just a big corporation and you want to muscle the competition out of the, out of the area. Right? Um, and that, we see that happen all the time, with, uh, with, especially with like pharmaceutical companies. They use the government to create such, such high hurdles that it's almost impossible for an upstart com pharmaceutical company to get started because there are so many regulations that have to be met. 
And they, they create these high levels of regulation to keep upstart competitors from entering the marketplace. But this is an example of this. This is an example of this where the teachers have a crap and an absolute shitty product. And so they want to get rid of charter schools. And then, and to top it all off, not only do they want to increase taxes on their own people in California. And if you're in California, get the hell out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're increasing property taxes on businesses. That means property taxes on all businesses. You know how many small businesses are in, are in California? Yeah. And that's going to be, you're taking money out of middle-class Americans who own a lot of these small businesses or these simple franchises. If you go to McDonald's and you think, well, it's just McDonald's. It's a big corporation. No, 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 no. Most of those McDonald's, for example, are franchised. They're small business owners. You're going to increase the taxes on them. And then they also want to just stick it in, to just like tell us to bend over and take it. They want to stick the federal government with a $250 million tab. Well, who yeah. pays that? That's you and I. That's me. That's you. And that's yeah. anybody who's listening to this show. California is coming after your tax dollars. They want you to pay for all of this crap or part of it. Yep. And for what? What, what is that two, that quarter of a million dollar just here you go slush fund go to? Well, it, well of course. It, goes, it probably goes <laughs> to teachers, uh, to teacher salaries. This is absolute, and, and here's the thing though. We see this also happening in Arizona. Oh yeah. This is an article from the AZ Mirror. Um, and this is, the article is titled, Teachers, Parents, Teachers, Parents Beg Ducey to Delay Opening Schools and, pro and Provide Full Funding. Wait, what? Teachers, parents beg Ducey to delay opening schools and provide full funding. So several years back, there were some types of negotiations that were made with the state of Arizona and the school system and their budgets were cut and they've been, uh, they've been fighting to get, the teachers have been fighting. They, they keep saying, we need to be at, back at full funding. You know, I have, teach, I have friends who are teachers who tell me, well, yeah, we're still not back up to the funding levels we used to be at around like the year 2000. Okay, you know what? I really don't care anymore because every single time I turn around and there's a ballot initiative that I have to vote for, there's some stupid tax that's that's you're trying to hit me for more money to go to schools and and of course everybody says, "Well, it's for the children." It's for the children. It's for the children. Hell, somebody from down from downtown Phoenix could write a bill wanting wanting hookers and blow all they have to do is say it's for the children and wrap some kind of school funding title around the bill but really deep down inside it's just because a politician wants more hookers and blow and you know what the voters of the of arizona would gobble it up and they would love it and they would say well we got to vote for it because it's for the children right oh my god Here's this article. It says, Mabley Munoz is not typically outspoken. She described herself as an introvert. But on Tuesday morning, the public elementary school teacher was at the Arizona Capitol and had strong words for Governor Ducey, who she thinks is putting children, teachers, school staff, and their families in danger <gasps> by oh, tying no. school funding to in-person student attendance amid the COVID-19 pandemic. My God. You know. <laughs> well, so... If I understand what was happening correctly, so maybe you know, because this is this is quite interesting. So I believe Governor Ducey, if if I remember correctly, was actually saying, "All right, 
I will fund the schools and your budget will be based on the amount of students actually in attendance. So if Correct. you have 50% of the students actually show up to go to school, then you should be able to take care of those 50% with about yes. 50% of the dollars attached to it. Correct. You don't need 50 teachers to teach 10 kids. So right. not going to do that. But right. if you can get full attendance and provide a safe environment for them, then you get your full funding. Correct. That sounds like, I don't know, business. That, that's what happens anywhere else we go. Yep. Any others. Um, and if you are going to quote unquote strike and say, nope, it's not a safe environment. I don't want to be there. Okay. You know what? That's fair. Then don't. That's great. Right. Um, put out an ad out in the paper that we have an opening down at uh, Joe Blow School for kids. And uh, we need 50 teachers because the 50 we had just decided they didn't want to go back. Right. And I, I believe that there's actually a lot of teachers in, in this, just in this state alone, who are not working because jobs aren't available, who would probably love to teach. But they're probably going to get, they're probably going to continue to get a paycheck. I don't know. I haven't heard anything related to that. If the teachers are, are going to continue to get a paycheck because they enter into contracts from what I understand, the public school teachers, they sign a contract. It's typically a year contract. Um, and the contract kicks in at a certain date. So they're probably still going to get paid. Here's this article goes on and it says, Governor Ducey, you don't care about our children, said this Miss Munoz. You don't care if the children die and the families die, but we do. We are right here asking you protect our children. Again, they're talking about this as if it's a you get it and you're guaranteed to die, like it's Ebola. They're talking about this like your your insides are liquefying and nobody can survive this thing, which is absolutely untrue. There's a picture here of this woman in the article and she's, she's got sunglasses on and she's wearing a mask, but the mask isn't even covering her nose. Yep. And, and she's talking to reporters here. The reporters are right in front of her. And I'm like, it's not even covering her, her nose for crying out loud. And yet this woman is freaked out right. about COVID, but she can't even wear a mask correctly. <laughs> she she, oh my God. While Ducey pledged $270 million to help schools reopen amid COVID-19. Wait, what's that? Yeah. Wait, what? So the state is already pledging money, but they want more. Munoz said that it is a pittance for a system that serves 1.1 million students in over 700 districts and charter schools. You know, I, I can't even read anymore because this is just... You know, it's, here's the thing that, the, the thing that bugs me about teachers, one of the things that bugs me about teachers, what has always bugged me about teachers is teachers are the first ones that, that complain, that complain, well, we don't get paid that much money. We need to get paid more. And they always go back to the well, always wanting more money. Can anybody tell me in your entire history of existence on this earth and in this country, has anybody ever, ever before commented that teachers have made a lot of money? No. Because I, wonder, I want to know why people go into the profession. Have people been misled? If you went, into, if you went to college to become a teacher, to become an, a K through 12 teacher, were you misled 
did people tell you that you're just going to make buku bucks if you become a teacher? Did people put that, that pay up there with, with mechanical and chemical engineering or with that of surgeons, brain surgery? Who, who is going into college thinking they're going to make a lot of money as a teacher? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody has ever gone to school to become an elementary school teacher thinking that they were going to make crap tons of money. And now they get out there and they're not making crap tons of money and suddenly they're shocked <laughs> and I'm supposed to deal with this. Are you insane? And the, I'll tell everybody the exact same thing. I tell all of my teacher friends, quit your job. Mm -hmm. There's a, you have a choice. You don't have to go back to the classroom. You don't have to put yourself in danger if you're so terrified. You don't have to go and make a pittance of the dollars that you claim that you make. Quit. Make a choice. Decide. Go get another job. Quit whining about it. Because every American who, makes, who doesn't make enough money that they think that they should make, they can make a choice. They can make a decision. They can quit their jobs and go find a different job that pays more. Yep. The pro there, there's a lot of problems though with that idea. Just keep in mind, um, the rest, those other jobs that pay more, you know, you have to actually work all year long. It's a true story. You have to show up. Some of them even make you work weekends. Well, these teachers are already complaining that they work weekends and they work nights and they work, they don't, they don't get three months off. They're, they're already saying, well, I have to, they tell me all the time, well, I have to grade papers and I have to create education plans and I have to spend my weekends grading those papers. And I, I sometimes I work until seven o'clock at night. Well, so do I. And so do many <laughs> other Americans. <laughs> That's right. And I don't get vacation time. I don't get the kind of vacation time that these, that these people do that teachers get. Yep. And those other jobs, I don't know, you know, you, you get held accountable for performance and things like that. Um, that's, that's tough, man. You know, it, it's tough out there. If, if, uh, if your job is to actually teach people something and by the end of the day, they don't know it and they can't learn it. And they, you know, in, in other jobs, you'd probably get fired. But, but so, you know, if you're a teacher, if you're a teacher and that's, maybe that's part of the, uh, the, the difficulty for some teachers to go find one of those other jobs because you know, yeah, they, they get that summer off and, and they don't have to actually teach anybody. They just have to make sure that they're there, um, at least four days out of the week. And, and yeah, you know, the, it doesn't matter whether everybody actually knows English or knows math or knows how to put a sentence together or you know, can do any of that kind of stuff. So maybe it's not that bad of a job. Yeah. You, you know, and I know the teachers out there, they were going to, the, the people that I know who are teachers are going to say, well, if we're not going to be teaching children, well then who's going to teach children? You know what? Somebody else will, you know, somebody else is... will. And quite frankly, it's not your problem. It's the parents problem. If There's parents a... want their kids educated, they'll find a way to get it done. There's a K through 12 school up here. It's a charter school um, who actually tackled that very problem. And they don't hire teachers to teach their kids. You know what they've got teaching um, math as an example, a mathematician, you know, who have teaching the science class, a scientist, 
they have, they employ working professionals or former working professionals mm -hmm. who are doing this instead, actually teaching the subjects on things that they know and they're not hiring teachers and they're getting paid a lot. Um, but you know what's happening? They are setting records for the state for college entrance exams and testing and they're doing amazing things up here. Um, so there's other ways. There's other ways besides hiring a teacher. Right, because nature abhors a vacuum. Nature abhors a vacuum. And if all of the teachers were to quit tomorrow and they weren't gonna, and they didn't show up and they weren't going to show up, well, quite frankly, it's none of my, it's not my responsibility to teach any other people's children. It's not. And it's not your responsibility to teach other people's children. You know what? You would find a way to get your kids the education that they need. And so would many, many other Americans. They would find a way to get the, their, their children educated, whether that means homeschooling, um, you know, local communities are banding together now and they're creating these, uh, you know, where, where there was, there might be one family who's doing homeschooling. And so they're opening it up so that other local families in their local neighborhoods can drop their kids off and do a homeschooling altogether. They're doing like these homeschooling co-ops. Um, and, and those seem to be working out quite well. There are plenty of other charter schools that are around that would, that would take up the slack. Um, there are other private schools out there. There are, you know, certainly religious private schools, for example, um, that would take up the slack. There are, there are a number of things. There are online schools. I mean, our local school system is already going online for K through 12 because of COVID. Well, there are other charter schools out there that are fully online uh, that, people can, that people can send their children to. And if they're going to have to learn online anyway, then who cares if the, if the shitty public school teachers are teaching it or not, because there's somebody else over here who's willing to do it. And they may be just as shitty of a teacher, but guess what? It's, no, it's, it's not worse than what's going on in the public, in the public school system. It, this just, it just boggles my mind. It really infuriates me because I, I, the other thing that I hate to listen about, I hate to listen from teachers or from people who support teachers is that the, the profession is this noble profession. We put, we put teachers up on these, on these gigantic pedestals and we sing their praises as if they have angelic wings, as if when you, when you come out of college with a, with a K through 12 de degree, um, you know, for early childhood education or whatever, and as long as you get hired into a middle school or an elementary school, that somehow you get your angel wings and you have halos. And anytime you walk into a room, the clouds should part and angels should sing and chimes should ring and crap like that. No, you're not special. Yes, I understand teaching children is hard. It's difficult. I get it. I understand that it should be a profession that we celebrate and we hold up in high esteem. We absolutely should. But when you're shitty at your job and our, and our testing rates are subpar, last week we talked about, uh, about the remedial programs in, for college kids. So these shitty teachers aren't preparing students for college anyway. Our test scores, our education system is a joke and everybody knows it. Every single person knows it, and yet teachers go out there and want to flaunt themselves, and it just absolutely sickens me. All right. That's it. Okay.
I'm done. I can't, I can't keep going. I'm going to burst a blood vessel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you know, you're, you're right. Unfortunately, you are right. The system as a whole is absolutely, it's terrible. I had, I had some great teachers growing up, but I can name them all probably on one hand. And unfortunately, I think the system as a whole is absolutely broken. And I'm, I blame the unions and I, I, I'm sorry, the Department of Education needs to just go bye-bye. That is the biggest, most absolutely abysmal bit of government oversight that I think we've ever invested in. Um, and it needs to be done. Uh, the private schools and the charter schools have latched on to something. And you know, the idea out there that they're better or worse, it doesn't really matter. The fact of the matter is you can measure a school simply by its students' performance. And that, and yeah, right now that's testing. If you have another way out there, cause I hear this all the time from teachers and other people saying that these Stanford nine testing and all these others, which I don't even think we do Stanford nine anymore. But um, all the testing metrics, um, that doesn't really give you a true picture. Okay, well, then tell me. What's well, then the tell true me. Picture? What is, Show, how should we do it? How should we measure? Um, if it's how are you going to get into college and rank and perform, um, right now, guess how that's done. You have to test into those classes. And if you can't make the test, then you can't demonstrate that you know the material. If you can come up with another way, great. May, and if it's good enough, we'll adopt it as a country. But right now, that's the measure. So when you've got schools that are failing and have failed and we continue to throw money at it and throw money at them and throw money at them for what? Why not actually take the schools that are going, you're doing amazing. Can you get bigger? Can you double in size? Because I'm about ready to close this other school down because they're doing nothing but gobble up our tax dollars and gobble up our money and not educate the children who are relying on those schools to do it. You're doing a great job. Let's double you in size. Can you guys do that? That's where I think we ought to be looking. Because I do think there are good teachers out there. Unfortunately, I don't think there's enough of them. And, and the ones that are out there have a very small bubble of what they're, they feel that they can actually control or impact. Um, and the whole school system as a whole, it's a pretty big problem. And it is nationwide. And I don't think anybody out there would disagree with you that the, the education system we have right now is, is broken at best. Well, then the administrative costs are through the roof. You know, oh, you know, we, we, spend, we spend you know, hundreds of millions of dollars a year just on, on all of the administrative overhead in, in our school systems. You know, when I was a kid, I remember, you know, we had several thousands of students in, in elementary. This was before I went to private school. Um, but, but, and this was K through, K through um, sixth grade at the time. And, the, you know, the office had one principal, had one vice principal, had one secretary, and one nurse. Uh, and now everything is all computerized and, and there are a lot of schools now that have a principal and then have two or three vice principals and each of the principals and vice principals has one or two administrative assistants that help them do what I have no idea. It's not like these are teachers going out there and having to, I have no idea why they need an administrative assistance, all of them. 
but then you walk in the, the, these public schools and there are five or six, um, you know, secretaries were, you know, office people uh, who knows what they do all day long for eight hours. I have no idea what, what they're doing. Um, you know, but everything's computerized. So everything should be easier and faster, but yet we've increased the overall administrative costs. And then schools have all of these different counselors that are, that are on campus, uh, that we have to pay for And, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of great people who are in our school systems who are not actually teachers. You know, everybody from, uh, from the groundskeepers, the janitors, uh, the office staff, I'm sure are great people. And I'm sure they're, they're smart. They're just not involved in the classroom. Yeah, they, they want a job just like anybody else. Uh, but they're, absolute, they're not part of the actual product called education. They only support the product of education. Right. But they're a wasteful, pro they're a wasteful position. It, let's, let, let's be honest. They're a wasteful position. Other than the janitorial staff, I don't think is a wasteful position. No, no, no. Let's, let's keep the janitors um, employed, especially at the elementary schools. But. Yeah, because without the janitors, every, every place shuts down. I don't care. Probably the janitors are the most important role in any organization because you want to yeah let's let's talk about a, a job out there that is absolutely 100 percent essential that we should give angel wings to and should pay a heck of a lot more yeah, they are literally cleaning crap up off the floor after yep. everyone else yep um every yeah. any 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 company i don't care who you are how big you are any company loses their janitorial staff that company would know it immediately within yeah, exactly. hours, within yep. hours. Those people, God love them. They're cleaning up behind everybody in those offices. And I guarantee you that if the janitorial staff were to quit and walk off, everybody would know it within about two hours. Yep. And everybody would be screaming and crying within about two hours. They are literally the most, there's like, in my opinion, when it comes to any organization, there's the CEO and then there's the janitorial there's staff the and then everybody else comes after that. that that's the order of importance. I don't, that's I don't care. <laughs> that, that's the order of importance of any yep. organization, CEO, yep. janitor, staff, everybody else. I don't care how nice your office is. If the toilet clogs up, oh. it shuts down until it, it gets done, until it gets handled. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> if anybody deserves a pay raise, it's those people because those people keep Abs there. They yes. keep the enterprise running. They do. Yep. They keep the enterprise running. I think we should pay the janitorial staff more in schools. And oh yeah, my, be my yep. you know my honest opinion. And and there's there's a lot of um, superfluous jobs in there. You, you remember back in uh, elementary school when your teacher got sick and the principal came in and talked? Oh Did yeah. You ever have that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Not. I'm shoot. Not now. Gosh, I mean, you know, anybody's sick, then they call in a sub and they've got another sub and they've got extra subs coming in after those subs. And um, I mean, there's so many people floundering around the schools anymore. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. I, in, in elementary school, you're right. I knew literally all of the staff, Yeah. all of them. Yeah. Um, that was gone by even by middle school. And the, it, the school was about the same size. Right. And it had half the grades because, yeah, I went to uh, um, my elementary school was K through six and my middle school was seventh and eight. It was actually a junior high. I know I, I take that back because I went there for seventh grade and they just added sixth grade at that year. But there was three times the amount of staff there for, you know, what, three grades? Yeah. And half the student volume. I mean, come on. 
And, and you know, what, what really bothers me about any, any time you get in these conversations about education, people invariably point to low-income families. And that really bothers me when that happens. I, I, was, I, I grew up in, in South Phoenix in a very, very economically depressed neighborhood. It was very bad. Um, people did not have a lot of money. But all of the families I knew, they valued education. And they did what they could to get their student, to get their children educated. I, and then, you know, I transferred in, in fifth grade, I transferred into a, into a private Catholic school that was um, pretty much like 90% Hispanic. Everybody that was there came from really poor parts of town, South Phoenix, West Phoenix. Uh, but parents, they sacrificed to send their children there. They sacrificed to pay the tuition. And these are, these are families that were paying, you know, they already owned homes or maybe they were renting, but they were still paying property taxes, which was going to the public schools. And then on top of the property taxes they were paying to the public schools, they were paying tuition to send their children um, to a Catholic elementary school that went through from K through eighth grade. So just because you're poor, you find a way. You know, poor families will figure out a way to do it. It's not like I get tired of when people talk about poor families as if it's just this, this massive amoeba of same thinking, same thinking people. They're not. They're not that way. No, no that's, that's, absolute, that's, that's laziness in actually looking at the problem. That's, that's right. crap. And, and you know something I've noticed about especially the, the economically depressed families that you're referring to? Um, when it comes to the money that they do have, they are extremely well-versed in being able to prioritize and put actual dollar value to things of importance to them. Yes. And education comes into that. Now, I'm not, I'm not going to make a blanket statement that every, every poor family out there values education as the highest importance. I'm not going to do that. But what I'm saying is to use that... Um, as an excuse that education, the value of education is not up to that. I, I don't think that that's, that's no. just false. That's just fallacy. There's a, there was a documentary made a few years ago. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called waiting for Superman. Uh, and it's, a, I would encourage anybody who's interested in this topic to go out and watch it. And the documentary is really centered in New York city. And it talks about the education system in New York city and how absolutely shitastic the education system is in New York City. Uh, and they, the, the documentarians followed around several different families who were trying to get their children out of the public school system because the public school system is such shit. But these families are, they're poor families in New York City, in the Bronx and whatnot. Uh, and, they, and the parents are just doing anything and everything that they can uh, other than you know stealing and murdering people right? They're doing everything that they can to get their children into new charter schools because they want their children to be educated and to have a better life than they had. And, and, and it just goes to show you that just because, you're, just because you don't make a lot of money, you still prioritize things. Most Americans, um, they still prioritize those things of value. They make economic decisions that are right for their family. They may not have a lot of money to spend, but they spend what little money they do make and they do have, and they work hard for it. And these are people that we should celebrate, but gosh, you know, I get so frustrated when, 
when uh, having this kind of a debate or this talk, this, this conversation with a teacher says, yeah, but all the poor families and they lump them all together as if these poor families are incapable of making decisions, are incapable of finding the best things for their own students or for their own children, are incapable of feeding them and all these other, all this other crap. And I think, God, you know, just because they're poor doesn't make doesn't mean they're idiots. Just because they don't make a lot of money and revenue doesn't mean they're idiots. Doesn't mean they're hardworking. It doesn't mean that they don't care. It doesn't mean that they're incapable of providing for their families. No. They are. They absolutely are. No, and the, there's 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 no profile that sets that up either. Whether that's your, your economics and to lump them all together and say all poor families think this, that's that's just garbage and i just disregard it and i'll go so far there's no racial makeup of economic status either there are poor white families there are poor hispanic families there are poor black families and to sit here and say that your economic status is also related to your race which is also related to what you value um as far as your education of your children that's that's just, that's racist and it's segregatory. And, and I, I disregard that. Absolutely 100%. Some of, uh, and I'm going to say there are some black families that I was raised up in or around in, and I wasn't raised in a very economically depressed area in South Tucson as well. There were some black and Hispanic families in there that valued education I, 10 times what I right. could have even found at the point. So don't give me that. And to think that that my, and God bless my mom, she worked her butt off. And for the most part was a single earner family situation in South Tucson. Um, and she worked really, really hard to make sure that we got what we needed. Um, and I, I, it just pisses me off. I'm sorry. But, um, and I think that unfortunately the teachers and what you're talking about, just lumping everybody together in these kind of groups and, and not giving anybody the time of day to recognize them as individuals is kind of par for the course. And why I think these people and, and our kids are getting left behind anyway. And I hate that idea that no, no child left behind kind of thing, but it's just, it's easier to say, well, you know, that kid's part of a poor family and they're probably never going to go anywhere. It's sad. It breaks my heart. You just don't get it. But that's just the way it is. You know what? You don't deserve to be a teacher. You don't deserve to be a teacher. Trade places with the janitor because I'm sure I would rather my kids learn from someone like that. Yeah, me too. Me too. And the fact that the teachers are now using COVID as a way to hold taxpayers hostage and local That's governments hostage and say, we're not going to open schools until you pay us. Um, to me, that's, that's, that's just a continued slap in the face. And yet these people are going to come back and they're going to ask me for more money. They're going to ask you for more money by putting measures on the ballot that we should vote for. Uh, and, and why should I, well, why I'm, should I, when the product where, is crap, where did we empower some of these teachers to hold our children's education hostage like that? I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't care I, if you have a, a 10,000 teachers who are saying, we are not going to open the schools. Well, I'm sorry. Are you in breach of your contract then? You are refusing to go back to work? Well, yeah. Okay, then you're fired. You're right. gone. And I'm going to go find 10,000 more teachers. There will, be mo there will be other people that will happily step in. Absolutely. Especially now, given the fact that the pandemic, this, this, the pandemic 
has caused so many businesses to shut down and, and so many layoffs to occur. Um, if, you know, if you've at least graduated from, you have a college degree, you can teach in this, in the state of Arizona, uh, especially if all of the teachers were to, were to be fired or quit, you know, there will be people that will, there will be people that will step in to fill that void. As I said, nature abhors a vacuum and there Absolutely. will be other, there will be other ways to educate children and people will, people will, who are out of work will likely step up and say, you know what, I'll teach for a while. You know, I don't have a job making making the money of a, of a teacher is at least better than not making any money. Yeah. Well, and we're not, nobody's forcing any of these teachers against their will to go into a biohazard war zone. Correct. Um, Okay. You don't want to fine. Step out of the way. Anybody else want to, Oh, I'm, I'm in, I'll go teach. I'll go teach. What do you need me to teach? You want me to do math? You want me to do um, Spanish? I don't know Spanish, but I'll learn it. um, And I'll do that. (laughs) I mean, come on. Nobody's forcing you. So don't give me this whole, we're not asking you to fall on the sword for your profession. Right. Just stop being an oppositionist and get the out of the way so that our kids can get the education they want. And that goes yeah. up back to the parents as well. Nobody's forcing you to take your child from home and put them in school where they're going to catch um, Ebola or I'm sorry, coronavirus and die. Nobody's forcing that. You don't want to take your kid back to school? Don't. You don't want to go teach at a school? Don't. But don't force everyone else to follow your fear in this situation. Could, could you imagine if, we cut, if we, we cut people's taxes, we actually gave the money back to families and said, well, just take the, the extra money that you make and pay, uh, pay tuition to elementary schools for your kids. Could you imagine if the schools, if the elementary schools were run or K through 12 were run by as like tuition based and schools yeah. actually had to compete in the open market and show that they were a good school so that they could attract people from who knows where to bring, yeah. to drop their kids off. Sure. Um, I, it's, I have to do that with my, my kids daycare. I mean, right. they're, they're so, you know, we pulled um, our daughter a few years back out of a really crappy daycare and put her in a good one. And you know what? I had to pay for the crappy one until I got to pay for the good one. So what's the problem? But teachers, teachers' heads would explode if, they, if we went to that particular model. Because you know, in teaching, the other thing here is the only way teachers can get, can get extra money is they have to go shake down the taxpayers because they don't get paid for an actual product or service. So unlike, unlike an, uh, a university, for example, that charges tuition, right? They can, you can get a pay raise based on whatever parameters the university puts in place because, well, they're bilking all the students of the tuition money, Mm -hmm. right? So they're, so they, they can offer, if they can present their university as offering a good deal for education and, and providing people with, you know, educational futures or what have you, then, then other prospective students are going to want to attend their universities. I actually had a idea on how to do this really short so all of all of our schools are are funded taxpayer dollars yours and mine right mm-hmm. if there was a, a bonus we'll call it awarded to schools for um high test scores high proficiency in the reading writing arithmetic you know the three r's um and you actually got a performance 
bonus, which then would go to the teachers who actually had performance bonuses based on their students. And you actually turn that almost into like a commission structure. Sorry, that's the sales part of me talking. But you know what? Salesmen don't get paid a lot. They really don't. Right. Most of them don't have much of a salary. If you want a bonus, you want to raise, you have to go get it. You have to show better performance in order to do that. So why not put the teachers on a similar uh, commission bonus? And I guarantee you performance is going to start improving. It has well, to. Most of, the, most of the teachers right now, they're just on the Uncle Sugar dollar. That's all they yeah. want. They just, they just want their money from Uncle Sugar. They, they don't want to have to perform. That's part of the problem. They, they buck the trend. Hell, we've seen, we've seen situations where, where teachers that, um, where their jobs were on the line or they were getting some kind of perf- uh, grades based on the performance of students, they're actually feeding the kids uh, test answers. Um, you know, so that the, so that the, I mean, you, if you're a teacher who's just living off of uncle sugar and the gravy train, then there's no way you're going to put, uh, put your career on the line. Yeah. Right. Uh, You know, how, how dare you trust the the students you're supposed to teach to actually be educated? (laughs) You know, you better, you better pad those numbers there. Right. Yeah. Put some, uh, insurance. You know what? Maybe maybe the teachers have something here. Maybe the uh, like the healthcare unions, like all the nurses who are and uh, people up at the hospitals, maybe they should take a, a a lesson out of this book and say, "Hey, you're forcing us into a dangerous situation with COVID, so we're just gonna not treat anybody in the hospital. We're just gonna not show up, and the hospital is gonna shut down until you give us a whole bunch of extra money." You know who are the true you know who the true heroes Good. are of this whole pandemic thing of this whole covid thing? Grocery think... store employees. <laughs> <laughs> you know I no I'm going to take it a step further. I I think the true heroes are the blue collar Americans who are really trying to figure out how to just get by day to day in yeah. the midst of all this crap. Yeah. I and and I mean that in all sincerity. Parents trying to figure out what to do with their kids and go to work or work from home and do that um, and try to get actual factual information out of all this and figure out how they're going to run their lives. And yeah, those, those are my heroes. My neighbors are my heroes. Yeah. Sorry. Well, That's maybe a little bit too blue collar for all the intellectuals out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I see you're drinking from the Washington football team cup. Wearing the Washington football team help, or hat. Yep. So, um, no, it's the Redskins. And uh-huh. the Redskins will be my team forever in perpetuity. Because um, I'm not going to follow another team of pretty much any sport, probably from here on out. Well, but you're, then you're done following them because they're no longer the Redskins anymore. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm just going to continue to collect my memorabilia. And Right about the time my son or daughter, one of the two, is ready to go to college, I'll sell it all off and probably make some money off of it. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, I think we talked about that one, uh, the whole teacher thing to death, and uh, the no, you talked about that one, but I appreciated it. It Give me a break tonight. It gave you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh! It just oh my gosh! The whole topic. Every time, every time we end up talking about or teachers and lack of pay or whatever comes up, you know, I, and I would be willing to pay teachers more money. I would be willing to fund, to give more of my taxpayers to the education system. 
if the education system wasn't such crap. If, if we actually could see marked improvements in testing in college entrance exams, um, you know, children getting ready for high school as they get out of eighth grade and moving into high school. And we were seeing that performance and we were seeing a steady performance of, of students, not just in, you know, the history class, but also in math and science and writing and, you know, English and stuff like that. Um, then, yeah, then maybe I would say, hey, those teachers are doing a great job and should get some extra money. But not right now. Don't come and ask me for money. I'm always going to, I'm always going to vote no. Although, all the bleeding hearts will end up voting yes because you know you want to do it for the children, but uh, don't come but talking to me for for more money. I'm going to vote no every single time. Every single time I'm voting no. Yeah, if I thought for a minute it actually would improve the education of my children, then I would be all for it. But um, my teachers, for the most part, have always seemed so absolutely disconnected from the reality of the working world. Um, that is just hard for me. And yet those are the people that we trust our, our children's intellectual upbringing with every day. It's all, it's, it's counterintuitive that way, but um, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about does it for us. Um, fun show. I had a good time. Um, me too. I, I, yeah, I had, a, I had a good time. It was, it was a lot of fun. Um, as always, remember, you can find all of our stuff over at fusionunderground.net and especially on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash AZ Fusion Underground. Remember, we're on Twitter at the FU Brothers and you can find us, you can find the audio version of this pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. We're out there. Uh, like, give a thumbs up to the show, wherever it is that you might capture, might catch it. Um, it helps us out. So for Jason Moret, I am Manuel Ramirez. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Take care, everybody.